shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. I don't know that I have ever said this to the two of you directly, but you all are a part of mine and the Weber's extended family as Wits Godparents, which yep. is one of our so best titles. Sweet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've ever said this to you. I think probably within Three minutes of mom dying. Catherine was at Kathleen's house. I don't know who texted you. I don't know how you knew. And you were like in the room. I mean, just immediately Mm. in the room. And when we were out of town traveling in this last big storm in Nashville and dad and Jane were at my house and the power went out and my dad texted me and said, JT Martin and their kids have been picking up all the sticks in your yard. Like I didn't ask you. I didn't. I mean, nothing. That's what friends and family do. Not everyone does that. And you all, I mean, it was why we wanted you on here. You are two of the kindest, most thoughtful, most giving, intentional people I've ever known in my entire life. Well, thank you. (laughs) And I mean that with every fiber of my being. And it's who you are as friends that like I get to be a beneficiary. And I love that my sister and Erin get to be beneficiaries. And you are so thoughtful as parents. I feel like every time I'm at your house, I'm watching you do something else that I'm like, well, that was amazing. And <laughs> I feel so, like we probably give you a lot of things to say, okay, let me tell you what not to do. No, no, <laughs> no. you're so thoughtful. And so it really did. I mean, as we were talking about parents in the trenches and people who we'd want to sit with, it's like, of course, Catherine and JT. Yeah. So thank you. Thrilled to have well, your voices 
on this. Yes, we are. Thank you. And will y'all talk a little bit about just your family first? Yeah, 100%. So Catherine and I have been married 19 years next month. Wow. Yeah. Nothing but bliss, right, babe? Always. Always. (laughs) Every moment with you, dear. Every moment. We have two girls, 14 and 12, and then James Mm -hmm. is eight, and two dogs, two fish, and five chickens. So... (laughs) Yeah. That was like that should be a song. I know it does. <laughs> you know, if you had been in here, he should have talked about that earlier. You know, yes. you use the Martin household, right? So. <laughs> yeah. And let me just say, we're balancing the scales because I just sat through an interview with three people who wanted to call the hogs the whole time. <laughs> so I want us to break into Rocky. <laughs> That's right. Right. There, you there you go. go. Yeah. Big we're okay. Balancing okay. the scales out. That's right. Okay, that feels fair. It does. We Good did statement. get engaged on the fifty-yard line. You did. We did. I love that about taking you all. our kids to almost every home game since before they were born. Um, yeah, and we really actually started that we love entertaining. So our very favorite thing to do is open up our house and have friends there. Mm-hmm. And we started in college. We put on our college friends' tailgates Aww. early on. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, and we do have to acknowledge one of your dogs just because I have like a proud. Yes. Well, we, we need to talk about the dog anyway, for sure, about Hope. Yes. So we copied Sissy and Katie and got Hope. So our middle child has her very own dog, mm. Havanese. That is Hope, and she is named after Hope Town. Mm. Um, but as we were practicing yelling for a dog that might be running in the yard, Hope Town <laughs> felt like a lot. So it, she got shortened to Hope. <laughs> oh, but she so really good. just, we were so hopeful for what she would do in our daughter's life. And I feel like she's changed our whole family. Mm. When we got her, we had a black lab who um, some people don't <laughs> even know because she <laughs> stays away from me a lot. Um, but Hope, we've looked at each other many times and said, why did we not do this earlier? Mm. Yeah, And even getting her for one child. Yes. How did that work out? I mean, how did the other two? I love that you did that. And it really has made such a difference. Well, Kaiser has chickens. James has fish. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. So but at the time, out. they didn't. But we try and acknowledge with our kids like that everybody, each one of them has their own struggles and own things that come easily and things that don't. Mm. So like everybody knew this is what our daughter needed, like mm-hmm. everyone in the house. So, I mean, of course, like, I think James was, what, four or five at the time. So it was like, wait, why is that her dog? But, I mean, now it's, sissy, there's your dog. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. so good. Well, and that story being such a picture of the two of you right mm-hmm. there. And when you were using words to describe them a few minutes ago, I love that you used the word intentional because mm-hmm. I think it's one of the first ones that comes to mind when I think about the two of you as people first, and then as parents, second. And just would love to ask you, what are some things early on that you decided would be important for you in raising kids? Y'all are going to laugh when I say this, and you may even know what it's going to be, but we wanted to be like students of being a parent. Mm. (laughs) And we were laughing, thinking back to the early days of parenting. And anytime y'all were talking anywhere in Middle Tennessee, I was like, JT, let's go. Sissy and David are talking. Really? I don't think I knew that. That's so funny. Like we went to Woodmont Baptist to hear y'all and you were doing the exact same talk the next week, somewhere different. And I said, JT, okay, so for next week, we're going to go to this. And he said, didn't we just hear them talk on this exact same thing? And I said, yeah, but we're going to hear something different this time. <laughs> she used to give me nothing gr- different. <laughs> yeah, it's like me following a band around in college. She'd say, didn't you see them the night before? I was like, yes, and I'll see them tomorrow night, hopefully. <laughs> so. Little did I know we'd become family. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. But really just, I feel like I have a stack of books beside mm. my bed, beside my couch. Every, like, mm. just being a student of parenting and 
then I think we quickly realized, like, becoming a student of each child. Like, Mm. our girls were often mistaken as twins growing up because they are only 21 months apart. They looked similar, same sizes. But, gosh, they needed such, and still do, need such different things from us. So it was like you couldn't be like, oh, I've figured out this parenting thing. Mm. Let me just go on autopilot. It just wasn't working like that for us. Mm. Didn't take long to realize that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so... We would say entitlement is one of the most concerning issues that families face today. And I feel like you all have made a lot of choices as a family to hold that off with your kids. So around holidays, you have a lot of things in practice, but a lot of practices, I feel like. So we all each talk about something that you've chosen to do as a family. Yeah, I mean, early on, we really adopted just the whole three presents, you know, issue, even with extended family at Christmas. Yes. So, Mm. you know, it's around just, I feel like in this society of, you know, get, 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 that's one thing that is intentional in regards to, this is what the Bible talks about with the three Mm -hmm. gifts that were given from the beginning. So, you know, there was a year that we got maybe a larger gift, happened to be a boat, and that's all that everyone got, which was greater than all that. And I think that's when I first met y'all, and I remember just being blown away by that. Yeah. And then it was also just how the, you know, grandparents and everyone else said, well, what else can you get? And I was like, well, you can help supply the needs of what that way. life jackets. Yes, yeah, that's right. Mm, so, yeah. so all in all, it was, I guess, intentionality around that. So, Yeah. And I think just kind of thinking through, like, in those three things, like what are needs and wants. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when we were building our house, I don't think that the grandmothers were very pleased with this, but, like, they gave doorknobs to the girls because – don't you want a doorknob on your door? So that was like one of their <laughs> Christmas gifts. <laughs> I bet they were not pleased with that. They weren't. They weren't. But the girls were excited. Mm. The grandmothers, not so much. But just on a daily basis, we try and help them realize like it takes a village to operate a house and to be a part of a family. So I think of the dishwasher, like the dishwasher is the thing that our kids dread being ready to unload. A few summers ago, they were all in Birmingham with JT's mom, and he sent a picture of the dishwasher saying, oh, I'm having to unload this because (laughs) we just don't usually unload the dishwasher. They do. Um, In fact, our oldest was babysitting for one of our youngest friends, and she came home and was telling us about it, and she said she was really proud of herself that she showed them how to unload the dishwasher. And James said in all seriousness, like, eyes wide open, they don't know how to unload a dishwasher? I mean, it's like— Yeah, this is just what we do. So just, we try and think of ways. I mean, sometimes it's just easier if we make the bed or if we do the dishwasher. But we repeat a lot, especially to our oldest right now. Yeah, we're looking for great adults, not happy kids. And Mm. that's, Mm. unload the dishwasher. Mm. Yes. I love that. Unload the dishwasher, yep. Sissy, you know how much we rely on the Bible in our counseling work, right? Absolutely. I don't know what I'd do without the truth of God's Word to guide us every day. Yes, but could you imagine not having access to a Bible? Could you imagine parents not having access to a Bible to help encourage them and guide their parenting? Oh, I cannot imagine that. The Bible is one of the best tools a parent can have in their parenting toolbox. That's why I love what Crew is doing to make sure people all over the world have access to the Bible. Crew has missionaries in almost every country on earth, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. But there's just one thing those people are missing, a Bible in their own language. David, I bet our listeners can meet that need. 
For only $25, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $25 as a thank you, Crew will also provide meals to 15 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of our book, Are My Kids on Track? Simply text RAISING to 71326 to start helping today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text RAISING, R-A-I-S-I-N-G, to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash RAISING. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. You all, we spend a lot of time talking with families about attention hurdles, and you have faced those with one of your amazing kiddos. What have you found has made a difference, and what are some practical strategies you use as a family to help? This one is not easy and not popular to say, and I have to look in the mirror as I say it, but Mm. not to always be in a hurry and don't over commit them. Mm. Because I feel like, especially with our one who's really struggled with this, she needs time that she can just not have to be somewhere. And if she wants to get totally lost in distraction, that she has time to be allowed to do that. I mean, we have three kids and the two of us, so it's not always possible to say, oh, yes, just be distracted. So I try and put systems. I work better on systems, so I (laughs) do try and put some systems into place. So we have like a morning checklist that like teeny tiny little steps, like put on your shoes and socks, brush your Mm -hmm. teeth, little things that we found that we were having to say, have you brushed your teeth? Have you done your hair? Have you done whatever? And now we can just say, checklist, checklist. So it feels like less of a way to nag her. I think from what I noticed in Catherine being an early education sort of developmental study that sort of helped and having one and then having one 21 months later. So you saw maybe how the progression should go as a kid. But, you know, we were noticing things that weren't similar or different, you know, from that perspective. And I just think hit it head on early. She hit it head on extremely early, even against maybe my will. Mm. You know, and I always said if she wanted to take the lead on that and she was the most capable of taking the lead on that, don't think. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. just that and just mom's instincts are better than dad's instincts. Mm. Just period, end of story. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't make you a bad dad. It doesn't make you less of whatever, but it's like she ran with that ball and ultimately we circumvent, you know, time of the intentionality around hitting it head on. And I think that she's where she is today because of early intervention and really hitting it head on and really just knowing that it was time to seek help other than yours. Right. But I think also like, the parents being on the same page with it. Like it wouldn't have worked if I was saying, we need to be doing this and this is a struggle. And he was saying, oh, it's just not a big deal. We did some parent-child intervention therapy with her. And the lady that we worked with looked at JT and said, I have never had a dad not miss one appointment. But it was like, this is important for us. And look at her now. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I've had friends of mine that have asked me about it and they have a child similar to ours. And He's been, said the same thing, and just I think they started it right around the same age-wise, and he's not necessarily thanked me, but just has seen the progress being so much better by starting it that much earlier. So mm. it was just a, yeah, especially for her, and not that she's not come without struggles because they've been different, but it's, I always point to the early intervention yes. mm. as being something that was really mm-hmm. a huge yes. benefit. So 
Well, I also hear you all practically say to, I think to all of your kids, say back to me what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're giving them directions, which well, I love. Well, no, we have to do the same. She has to do the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's no different. It's just sort of part of, now what did I just say? Repeat back to me. <laughs> works well for kids, works for husbands oh, too. Amen. That's right. Hey, and I'm not above it, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean that, it's like, then there's no question. I know you heard me and then they can like think through that. I feel like mm-hmm. just hearing it, saying it, yes, is helpful. Yes. One thing we didn't mention that I thought I would say, we tried to find little things that didn't necessarily make that child feel quote different that mm-hmm. weren't super noticeable. Yes. So like dinner times was a, were a struggle for us because she just wanted to be like moving all the time mm-hmm. and we were like, no, we're sitting down as a family. So we bought a wiggle seat and it just sat in her kitchen chair and she was able to wiggle, but we felt like we were all having a nice family dinner because we were all sitting at the same table. Yeah. I'd never heard of those till y'all bought one for Henry. So thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I was going to bring that up. That's where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. So many practical things. Yes, exactly. Well, so in this season of the podcast, we're talking about raising emotionally strong and worry-free kids. And we would love for you to talk about your own growing up And if you each have a story that has helped you be more emotionally strong or worry-free. Yeah. Your parents did with you, maybe. Yeah, so this is probably a weird memory, but I got cut from the seventh grade basketball team. And it was probably, Mm. no, 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 that was the best thing that happened to me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we can, no, 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 you shouldn't be. (laughs) Um, You know, I didn't make the fifth grade team or the sixth grade team or the seventh grade team, but... You Good can for look, you, you for keeping but, trying. But you can look at me and go, I'm not meant to be a basketball player. But I'd played football before. And, you know, it's so my focus were better suited for me to go play football. So mm. and then the other memory, which again is not the greatest, is we had two 0-10 football seasons. So my freshman and my senior year, two 0-10 seasons. And people go, Well, how is that a memory? When you lose 10 straight games, mm. really 14 being from my junior year to my and you don't quit. Mm. It molds a lot. Yes. It's kind of funny. There were 17, there's 15 to 17 seniors on my senior football team. And we played Riverdale, which back in the day, they were the state champs year over year and awesome. And they came into town and we only had like 40 players on our team. I had a school of 2000, 40 players on our football team. That oh. math doesn't work right. No. So yeah. 17 being seniors, 14 of them or 13 of them were hurt. Oh, wow. I'm not meant to be on kickoff team. FYI, I never came off the field and the four others didn't either. And so it's interesting wow. when you look back about life and where those four are today and maybe the others. So, you know, while those don't sound like positives in your life, they were what molded me. Mm. Mm. What enabled you to not quit? I mean, what? Well, my dad wouldn't have let me A. Uh, okay. so <laughs> That's a great reminder. It is. Yeah. 100%. Yes. You know, it's one of those things where like, I don't know how you are raised, but if you start something, you finish it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get to quit midstream. Karate was one of those things probably because he had prepaid for me to be a black belt. Doesn't matter how long it took you or how not, but I was not going to get to quit until I made a black belt. Mm -hmm. So for the first seven or eight years of my life, I did karate, which, you know, went kicking and screaming the last four or five years. But looking back on it, now James is doing Taekwondo and he knows I have a black belt and he's like, oh, you know, so it's, it's it's just awesome. So part of it is that. And then second of all, is you're just not allowed to quit until it's over. So Mm. that's always stuck with me and really made me, I guess, who I am today. Mm-hmm. And if I think of my favorite memories as a child, it's we went on trips a lot, but we always drove on those trips. Mm-hmm. Very different than I feel like today's world is. And my favorite time to this day is when everyone would be, I have one sister and my mom and sister would be asleep in the car and it was just my dad and I. Mm-hmm. And we would have the music on and it was like, we weren't even talking. 
or looking at each other, but it was like just the two of us there together. Sorry, I do not no, mean to be your dad <laughs> emotional. Has helped shape so much of who you he, are. Your mom yes, too. Yes. Yeah. But I look back. That was before I knew your terms like calming strategies, mm. <laughs> and I feel like that's what that was. And I've seen it repeat in life. Like if I'm upset or worried about something, the first thing that I do is I'm turning on some music. Mm. And thinking about that, I look at each of our kids have like such a connection with music, very different music, but (laughs) I feel like it's a calm down for them, whether they can recognize that or not. They each go to sleep to music. And I'm like, it makes me think back to those times of being in the car. JT laughs sometimes because on road trips, the kids will be like, could we pull out our iPads and watch a movie? I'm like, no, we're listening to music. Aww. I'm like wanting them to have that same memory. Yes. But definitely, I mean, dad in general, but that's a specific, like a happy place. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. David, has Connie cooked you anything special lately in your Caraway cookware? As a matter of fact, just the other night, she made the most amazing chicken. I think chicken just tastes better when it's made in our caraway pan without all those toxic materials. I agree. Food just tastes better in my caraway cookware for sure. And with its naturally slick surface, you can use less butter and oil, which makes your food healthier too. Not to mention making it easier to clean. Connie sure does love that about caraway. Visit carawayhome.com slash Raising Boys and Girls to take advantage of a limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash raising boys and girls or use code raising boys and girls at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay, would you be willing to talk about your sister? Yes, of course. I had the great privilege because you came out to celebrate me in my book signing of meeting your delightful sister and her amazing son. And I just, as I think about your intentionality, want folks to know that chapter in your story. If you would tell it. It definitely has shaped who we are as a family, for sure. So my sister's 20 months younger than me. Obviously, one of my very best friends. We talk a million times a day. (laughs) I feel Mm. like we finished each other's sentences. And she has a lot of health issues. So we decided, through God speaking, through JT, to be surrogates for her. She and her husband were so grateful. And it was one of the biggest honors of my life to get to do it. I do like him a lot better on the outside of me than on the inside. (laughs) Um, But yes, he will be one on May the 4th. And it's just great. I mean, when I look at him, I just smile. It's wonderful. You would have Yeah, thank you for asking about that. What a gift. It's a beautiful chapter in your story. Mm -hmm. And and to have known that chapter and then to meet him that day for the very first time, like I was overwhelmed. And just feels like such a picture of the two of you because your kids were how old at the time you all made that decision as a family? Mm, right about two years I mean, ago when I, when I was pregnant, they were sixth grade, fifth grade, and kindergarten. Yeah. Mm. They all think that it was their own idea, but it was a hard year. Mm. It was a hard year. Oh, but well, you, had, you had been sick with every pregnancy, really yes. sick for a long time. And yes. so for you to have made that decision. The fourth was no different. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you chose that in yeah. that season of your kids' lives. Yeah. And they lived that chapter yeah, they of your story as a family. Will. Mark them forever. We know that with certainty. So thank you for being willing to tell that story. Let me ask it. Yeah, we're happy. And it feels like such a beautiful lead in to the next question we want to ask you, which is what are some things that 
you all would say have helped make your kids emotionally strong or more worry-free? You know, I feel like we, through lots of y'all's help, we want them to name their worry. And Mm. my oldest, her worry monster's name is Bob. (laughs) Do you know, I have not told y'all this, but there's so many times when we're speaking in other cities that somebody will come up and say their kids name their worry monster Bob. Oh, wow. So Kaiser's inspired so many kids all over the world. (laughs) And naming that, like, when she might be spiraling and mm. we can say Bob, it's like it makes her almost chuckle. Like mm. not every time. Sometimes she doesn't like it when we mention Bob. But for example, this week, it's been a hard week. Yeah. And she was convinced that she was sick. She took her temperature 152 oh, times. Yeah. And so we have now nicknamed it Bobette virus because that's what it wow. was. So it was the Bobette virus. So just naming that worry, I'm not proud to say that it took me longer than I like to do the same back with them and Mm -hmm. to really model that. Like I felt like we were always saying, yes, let's talk about your worry. Here's the emotion chart. You know, how are you feeling? But tried to always put on a smile ourselves. And I realized like that's not actually helping Mm because they're wanting to be like us and look like us. Right. So like that's kind of a shift that we've made, trying to show them how important it is to name your worry to actually do the same back. I agree. Yeah, Yeah, we have John 16, 33 written in our pantry. And Mm. now it's really neat because we all kind of will call each other when someone thinks they're the only person that's ever experienced something or gone through a hard time. Mm. One of the five of us will say, John 16, 33, Mm. you will have trouble. Not some people, not you might. I love that. So yeah, I think that helps. Even if the person doesn't want to hear it in the moment, when you then hear them saying it Mm. back to somebody, it's like it's sinking in. Yes. And I think for us here, for my, you know, just this place being as ingrained in my family as it is. Mm. And um, I'd said this when we were with Kathleen and Aaron on Wednesday. I was like, it's just a non negotiable line item in the budget. So it's like, this is, especially for both of the two olders, obviously James, but it's just a time and a place that they come that's helped give them the tools that they need as they walk through as I've always said, a hard but fair life, you know, in today's world, especially much harder. And telling them that in today's world is, is like your 14-year-old times are harder than mine. So I can't relate. Yes. However, we're going to do what we can to give you the tools to sort of work through that. Mm. What a gift mm-hmm. to them. I mean, forever that y'all are helping them learn tools and to talk and to process and all of those things. I feel like I get like people say, how did you know your child needed counseling? Or, oh, I'm, maybe we need it. Maybe my child needs it, but I'm not sure. And I feel like it doesn't take a crisis yeah. to get your child connected with counseling. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want someone else on your child's team? Mm. Great statement. David, did you get your taxes finished? What did you say? What are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where did you get them? Thrive Market. Uh, How much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. <laughs> from pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep 
is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. Thrivemarket.com slash RBG. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high-quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater child care needs in the summer, and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny, and as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. 
So thinking back on the early years of parenting, all these little people, what is something you each worried about that you wish you hadn't? I wish I would have known which battles to pick. Yes. Which hill am I going to die on? She and I, when we'll have an interaction with a child one way or other, and she'll look at me as like, is that the hill you wanted to die on? (laughs) You know, and for me early on, it was the yes, sir, yes, ma'am, this, that, and I would harp on this when that really wasn't that. So I don't want to say I've gotten better at it because I really haven't, but at least it's more conscious in my mind that like, Mm. is this what I'm going to do? Especially with a 14-year-old, which (laughs) for everyone out there that has 14-year-old girls, we all know that it's... It's hard. Nobody told you how hard it was. No, mm. I mean, it's tough. So I think that's what I wish that I knew. It's like, pick your battles at a high level, not at a micro level. So. Yes. Great and word. also, I mean, that that's, I guess, big picture, probably my same answer, but mine was more like battles in myself. Like, we didn't leave the house unless everyone's hair was done perfectly and matching bows and coordinating outfits. And I wanted the house to always be clean. So I was going to pick up rather than play a game on the floor. And just that constant to-do list, which it's like a a constant struggle. But I think of when we were at Sissy's Lake House after her mom passed away and them Mm. retelling stories and talking about her mom just being on the floor, playing with them. And it was like, yeah, they're not talking about how clean the house was or how cute their outfits were Mm. or, you know, how many compliments they got. Mm. It it was about the relationship building. Mm. Wish that I'd realized that earlier. Mm. Mm. Along those lines, what is one statement you wish someone had said to you early in the parenting journey? I'm scared to have this recorded because I feel like JT is going to replay it for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But take a break. Mm. And it doesn't make you a bad mom to say I need a break. I wish right now that it was easier for me to listen when he says, you need a break. Mm. We're going out of town or we're going to dinner. Mm. And you're not going to think about the logistics of the kid's schedule or who might need what from you. Mm. And I think for me, it was actually said to me by her dad, ironically, Mm. focus on your spouse. They're there first. There's an intermediate part where there's others around. And then the back end of life is just the two of you. So Mm. her dad used to tell a story that he apparently used to tell them. But it was like, if we're out in the middle of an ocean and we have a boat and we all get kicked out of the boat, you all need to know that I'm going to get in the boat first. Then I'm going to get your mother and make sure she's dry, comfortable, you know, everything else. And <laughs> then I'm going to think about getting you all in the boat. And the kids need to know that's really the pecking mm. order. Mm. And so that's just what I just say is, you know, focus on your spouse because you could wake up in 20 years, 25 years. I've seen it firsthand mm. to where you look up and you're like, who are you? And then mm. she's looking at me going, who are you? And that's not what life's meant to be. Mm. You know, she's meant to start young and grow old and, I'm going to die before she is, so she's going to have to take care of me. So <laughs> that's what I think is the most mm. important. Um, that I wish, you know, focus on your spouse. Mm. I love that story about me your dad. Too. <laughs> me too. So, you know, obviously we're talking about feelings around here a lot and the importance of having truth that is a ballast for when we're feeling a lot. And so for the two of you, what would you say is a truth? You've said a lot already, but a truth that helps you worry less as a parent. I mean, for us, you're always the harshest critic on your kid. So mm-hmm. you're the ones that are going to critique the most, whether they close the door the right way or this or that. And I think we were at church the other day, and I heard just somebody come up and say, she's just so great. Every time I see her, blah, blah, blah. And it was about the time where I was ready to pull my hair out mm-hmm. about it. So it's like one of those things to where 
they're going to show us their worst sides. And that's because they're the most comfortable. I mean, I act out worse towards her when we're at home because that's where you're the most comfortable. And, you know, just to know that they're their best not around you. And I hear, and y'all said it to us, and I'm like, no, not today. You know, mm. <laughs> Give them the benefit of the doubt, not mm. the hardest of it. And that's really where I've struggled. Yeah. On that. Mm. For me, I would say surround myself with balcony friends who mm. are like cheerleaders for mm. us and for our kids and who pour into them. And ultimately, like, I feel like I want to put a crown on my head saying I'm their biggest cheerleader, but God is. Mm. And I feel like in the times where we are going, what else could we possibly do? It's like a little, wait a minute, I've not talked to God about this. And mm. he actually has the ultimate hand in it. Mm. Just knowing mm. that mm-hmm. has to give us comfort yes, because we can't do it on our own mm. without him or without our balcony friends. Yes. yes. Amen. Okay, we end every episode with something fun and food-related. So two-part question, queso or guac, and then what's your favorite kind of taco? Both. Queso and guac. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We are great with that answer. Yes, 100% both. And then favorite taco. I can give a plug to one of my (laughs) 0-10 football teammates of that year, Will Newman and Edley's. The brisket tacos at Edley's. Oh, I've not had those. I've heard about them. They're my favorite. Mm. My favorite taco is going to be anyone that my stove is broken so we get to eat with Sissy and Kathleen <laughs> and Aaron. Um, especially Aaron's cooking. Yes, His 100%. chicken tacos. I still think about those. Yes, 100%. they're so good. They are. So the backstory, I don't know if you know the story about me, but the backstory to that is we, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, we had friends that lived across the street from us named the Longs who were this big family and Paula is my second mom, and her kids were just my siblings growing up. And my mom did not love to cook. My dad traveled a ton. And so mom, every time that dad would go out of town, it was just mom and me. And so we would go over and eat with the Longs, you know, this fun, loud, chaotic, delightful family. And we were sitting there probably the 37th time we had dinner at the Longs. And Ryan, their youngest, came over and said, Miss Goff, is your stove broken again? (laughs) (laughs) And so it became a thing with our families where my mom would call Paula and say, our stove's broke, we're heading over, and we would walk (laughs) over. So we told Catherine that a while back. And so now we'll call each other and say, our stove's broke, we're coming over for dinner, let's go to dinner. Well, I mean, like full circle, like just balcony friends, it feels like on those days where you're like, I do not want what we've meal prepped Mm. or even just the five of us. I need Mm. to be around some other people. Yeah. And it always works out. Mm. Yes. I get why folks would want the two of you to be their people. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure Isn't do. that the truth, y'all? Thank you. Thank, Thank y'all. y'all. Thank the y'all. Truth and being who you are. Yeah. It's been fun. We love Thank you guys. You. Love y'all. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.